And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another We Are Mead podcast with Davey Rispin and Mickey Brennan and uh, let's get through on this one this week I suppose we've got the hurling results we will also give you our uh, Blackwater Inn team of the week for week five and um, we have the I suppose the, the meeting that was held in the county board with all the delegates during the week with Andy McEntee we'll just go to that very quickly and then we'll be giving you all of the fixtures for the junior, intermediate and senior championship games that will be taking place next week. We'll run through them very quickly. Of course, we will be doing our previews of all those games, all those semi-finals and all the relegation semi-finals and relegation matches and intermediate and the whole lot as well on our Patreon service. It is Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. If you haven't signed up, get onto it there now and get all the in-depth previews, reviews and interviews after all the games in the championship as well. Davey, um, I suppose the only place to start is that executive meeting or the, the, the county board meeting from earlier in the week. And, uh, of course, the week beforehand, there was a vote uh, by the executive to uh, about ratifying Andy McEntee. Um, and they lost the vote 8-7, to seven, uh, or Andy lost the vote 8-7, to seven, which meant it went to the club delegates. And the delegates all had to go out last Tuesday evening, I believe it was, to vote on what the delegates had done and uh, it was a resounding victory for Andy McEntee, 46 votes to 27 and Andy McEntee will continue on as Mead manager for his third year of his second term. Absolutely, yeah Mickey, I suppose it, it surfaced um, the day or two before the meeting that um, Andy would essentially only need a third of the vote to, to remain in charge basically um, and based on sort of what we talked about last week and you know, the people I spoke to in, in various different clubs throughout the last few days leading up to the vote, it was it was um well touted that Andy would stay and he would get the backing of um of the clubs and, and that he did. I think when you look at it probably objectively, if you say that you know the vote from the executive who did have a vote each in this again remained eight seven, essentially um for uh, the, the clubs only one in every five clubs was all that voted against Andy basically so as you said it was a resounding success and um, to be honest with you it was probably a regrettable sort of episode really after all that went before the week before with the, the announcement with uh, John McCarthy and Carlo Brick and obviously the sponsorship with um, Nolan Valerie Moore and Barry O'Hagan coming in to, to kind of front up the underage structures as well that was that was all really really positive and then of course last week we were thrown into turmoil yet again but I think, thankfully, for, for every party, it's it's great that it's been done and dusted. And, and as we said, it really overshadowed what was otherwise a, a terrific weekend of 
club championship football last weekend um, with the uncertainty that surrounded this. But um, great to see Andy back for another year, as it should be, because, you know, next year we, we're not quite sure what's going to happen in Congress next weekend, Mickey, but that's going to shape probably how important definitely the first half of next year probably will be for a mid standpoint, you know, i.e. the league. So um, it would have been no great place to be looking for a manager going into November when the league, which is going to kick off most likely in January, is also important next year. So, yeah, thankfully, all's done and dusted. Yeah, so Andy has been ratified. He is in the middle of trying to uh, put together his backroom team, I believe, as well. Davey, um, two of the lads from last year, obviously, stepping away. They've been there for quite a many years uh, now, and uh, we wish them the best of luck. But Andy will be putting together his backroom team. In other stories as well from the from that meeting or from the meeting the week before, and Nick Weir was um, uh, ratified as the Mead Hurling manager. And Davey, he's he's brought in a few new people into his um, uh, his backroom team and a couple of really high profile ones. Absolutely, Sirsha Bulfin, um, who spent a couple of years with David Fitzgerald down in Wexford, Mickey. Um, uh, and, and indeed Claire before that will will be the man to go in there. That's a really, really high profile appointment. Um only spoke to Seamus Kenny on on Monday, you know, and I was absolutely thrilled to hear that uh Nick was staying on very fond of Nick. I think he's doing a great job. I think if you look at Mead's, you know, latter stages of the Joe McDonough, you could see most definite progress. And uh with the addition of him and, and a few more players obviously into the squad, you'd feel that um Mead can kick on and challenge for a Joe McDonough. It's not going to be easy. You have Offley coming up from um, from the Christie ring. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was Antrim coming down from the All-Ireland as well. So, like, it, it's going to be an ultra-competitive Joe McDonough, as it always is. But I actually think Mead, they're going into it with, uh, with a great degree of confidence now. And hopefully Nick can continue to build on, you know, what we've seen at the back end of the year last year. David, you, you, you touched on something else as well just before you we were talking about Nick Weir and you were saying about Congress um, next week or, or Congress coming up and, um, you know, the, this massive vote that is going to take place at Congress about um, restructuring the whole All-Ireland Championship. And, um, you know, it, it, like everybody is calling for Proposal B. The thing I, I suppose I don't like about it is that you have to go for Proposal A or B um, or there's no there's, there's no C, so it well, has the status to win. quo is C, isn't it? The status quo is C, so but mm. they're not voting on the status quo, um, on what we already have, and 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 by the looks of things, you know that I suppose that the, the Crow Park are very quiet about the whole thing. They're not coming out and saying much about it. I suppose they came out in the last few days from uh, Conor O'Donoghue. Um, suggested that you know if they did change the structure that it would uh, bring in an extra 10 million revenue Crow Park hadn't put out any figures but they've come out and said no that's not true so it's nearly like they don't want people to vote in um proposal B and it's 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 not one two or three it's going to be uh vote do you want proposal A or B or do you want to just leave it at the state status quo and I just don't know like what's going to happen, but this might be the the building blocks, the foundation for change. I don't think it's going to happen, but it might be the foundation for something to be done about it, depending on on how much of the vote uh, is in favour of, of of Plan B. Yeah, I was actually listening to uh, to the GA coming out almost um, straight away after Connor came out with that uh, without with that figure, and and you know Connor as as well as I do, you know he's. He's a fairly educated man and you'd suggest that he probably is bang on it really, but the, the G obviously quick to shut it down. Look, I, I don't think they can really 
come out and overly sort of back any one proposal, but definitely from, I suppose, the high profile figures that I've heard speaking in the GA in recent weeks, they all seem to be sort of off the persuasion that proposal B would be the one. I actually heard Connor Sweeney, uh, the Tipperary senior footballer, in a really interesting interview back proposal B. And that was from a Tipperary standpoint. I think they're going down into Division 4, aren't they, Mickey, with yeah. possibly Cavan next year? And uh, obviously, looking at it up objectively, they won a Munster Championship only two years ago, but he was realistic about where they are. And he said, look, for us, if we were to win Division 4 and possibly get to a, a preliminary All-Ireland quarterfinal, that would be that would be huge for, for Tipperary. Um, obviously, there's an element of pride in it with the provincials and stuff. And there is that possibility that it would dilute that because it, I think essentially it would be played earlier in the year and stuff. Um, Separate competitions. Exactly, yeah. But... Look, at the, at the end of the day, something probably has to be done. We're always going to look at it with our sort of mead tinted glasses on. And if it was to remain at the status quo from a mead perspective, I wouldn't actually be overly concerned about it because I, I think we're very close to maybe challenging Dublin again at, at Leinster level. And, and who knows after that? But it's probably for the lesser lights, let's just say in Leinster, the likes of your Carlo Wicklow's and, and uh, Wexford's, for example, you know? So, um. Possibly from their side, yes, there, there needs to be an element of change. But from a mean standpoint, I actually think we're in fairly good nick regardless of what the the answer is next week because we're going into it, obviously, in Division 2. So we'd be in a kind of strong enough position from that perspective, um, albeit it would still be important um, that, that we have to you know finish in the top positions in Division 2. But um, yeah, it'll be yeah that's, what, you what know, happens. like, you know, you're nearly better off getting relegated to a division that you're, High, high um, you're highly likely to win in because then you can nearly guarantee yourself a place in a, a in the knockout stages of the All Ireland. You know, I look, I do think that it needs massive uh, alterations the the All Ireland Championship, and um, I, I think Proposal B is the best of of them at the moment, and it's better than status quo that we have. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, well, um, look, I suppose that's that's the intercounty stuff done. Um, we all have our opinions on on what way we'd like to change the the All Ireland Championship, but we'll have to see how that Congress goes, how what way it goes. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea. Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, we're going to move to our club scene and we're going to go through the hurling results from the weekend. Yeah, so on Friday night, Mickey, there was a handful of games played. The first uh, brace of games that were played was in the K Windows and Doors Junior Hurling Championship, where St. Peter's Dunboyne and Kilmessen played out a draw. It finished St. Peter's Dunboyne 2 10, Kilmessen 1 13. There was a massive win for Kiltail. They defeated Nafina by 130 to 7 points. And there was one game in Group B of the Hanley's Clean Meals Intermediate Hurling Championship on. Um, Friday night, and there was a narrow win for a tote second string. They defeated Kilskir Myla on a scoreline of 214 to 116, so a one point win there 
for a tote on uh, Friday night in the intermediate. Moving on into Saturday then, um, starting in the Senior Championship, that's the Ted Murtha Clodeland Footwear Senior Hurling Championship in Group A. And a uh, big win for a tote. They didn't have it all their own way though, Mickey. They defeated Longwood 3.22 to 4.6, but there was times in which Longwood led by three, I think Longwood led by three points actually at halftime and led early into the second half. I think it was something like um, 1-9 or 1-12 to 4-4 at one stage for Longwood. So the okay. goals were very much keeping the minute. They were getting goals every now and then just to keep themselves a ship. But eventually Ratote got on top and I think inspired by um, Gavin McGowan and, and Podjo Hanner and they got the job done. There was a host of games in the Hanley's Clean Meals Intermediate on Saturday as well, Mickey, in Group A. Drumree recorded a comfortable win over Trim, 2.22 to 2.10. And uh, there was also a four-point win for Dundry in Group A, 1.12 to 11 points to defeat Navinomahnies. And uh, there was a humdinger of a game between Rathmaline and Boards Mill, where Rathmaline came out narrow winners on a scoreline of 1.18 to Boards Mill's 3.10. So uh, a two-point win in that one for Rathmaline. Into Group B then of the Hanley Scheme Mills Intermediate and uh, Gil Column Kill. I think that could be their first win of the year actually in the Hurling Mickey. 220 to 112 to defeated Kaline in uh, that game. And then in the other game in Group B, it was Kildaki 229, Ashburn 9 points. So a, a very uh, facile victory for Kildaki second string on Saturday evening. Um, then moving on into Sunday, where we've seen the remainder of the games played. And in the Ted Martha Cloden and Footwear Senior Hurling Championship Group A, Trim somehow escaped with their, uh, with their lives intact and their <laughs> uh, championship still in their own possession. They defeated Nafina and in doing so knocked Nafina out of the championship by a scoreline of 315 to 214 in Ratmaline. A terrific game by all accounts. Um, and Nafina, sorry, who started the campaign ever so well. Trim have gradually got better and better, and they've just about um, managed to get themselves a place in the knockout stages, courtesy of that four point win. The other game in uh, Group A, seen Kiltail defeat Kildaki, really close game here 115 to Kiltail, 16 points to Kildaki in that one. And um, then into Group B, St. Peter's Dumbayan maintained their 100% record with a 120-213 victory over Kilmesson in Park Talton on Sunday. Um, next game up was between Kaline and Wolf Tones, and unfortunately for Wolf Tones, it's a 100% uh, defeat uh, record so far. They were beaten by Kaline 216-112. to And then the final game was uh, another topsy-turvy game between Clannagale and Blackhall Gales. It finished Clannagale 120, Blackhall Gales 213. So four point win for Clannagale, but the trail by four points midway through the second half. But a goal and a few points in quick succession got them back on top and they seen the job out uh, nicely in the end in that one. Um, then there was a couple of games in the junior two, then on Sunday evening as well. Drumree won 10, Beatrice and Boyne eight points, and Kildaki 322, Boards Mill seven points. And I think that was uh, all the hurling results from the weekend, Mickey. Excellent, David. Well, I've pulled up the tables here from the senior, intermediate and junior. And what that means is after five rounds of games in the senior championship, that's all there is in the group stages. As you said, Nafina, um, who were in a great position going into their final game, find themselves second bottom. Longwood have finished with no points. They put up a good rallying uh, call in the last couple of games and weren't able to get any points on the board. Trim make it through to fourth. Kiltail to third. And the two teams going through to the semi-finals, straight through to the semi-finals, are Kildaki and Rathout. So Kiltail and Trim will go through to the quarter-finals, and they will be facing off 
against the top two in Group B, which is St. Peter's, Dunboyne and Killian. Um, Kilmesson and Kilmesson just miss out on score difference um, against uh, Killian on a place. Uh, it could even be head to head, but um, yeah. score difference. Killian had it over uh, Kilmesson and Clonagale on four points. Then, as you said, Wolf Tones relegated from senior after, um, I suppose, did they go into a relegation playoff or is it straight relegation? Ooh, good question. I think it's. I think it could be straight relegation. To be honest, More yeah, because to... because whoever finished bottom from Group A goes into Group B. Group B, as far as yeah. I know, yeah, for next year. So, well, uh, Wolf Tones will be playing again in the intermediate. Uh, they had a short stay. Let's just say in the senior championship after a number of weeks. <laughs> a number of weeks, yeah. But they are concentrating maybe on the football now at the moment because they are going really well in the football. And in the Hanley's Clean Meals Intermediate Hurling Championship Group A, it's Dundery at the top, Rathmill Line in second, Boards Mill in third, uh, also on seven points though with Rathmill Line, but score difference on that one. That's a head-to-head by the looks of things. Ratmaline making it in second place. Boards Mill in third on seven points and fourth is Drumree. And then in Group B, Navin O'Matley, sorry, are in fifth and Trim in seconds are in sixth. And then in Group B, Kildaki, um are sitting pretty with 10 points at the top. Rathoth have eight points after five games. Kilskier have six and Dunamore, Ashburn have four. Gail Colin Kill and Kalyan at the bottom. Gail Colin Kill with two points and Kalyan with six. And then in the junior championship, only one group in this, Kilmesson uh, uh, finished top with nine points. Kiltail with eight. St. Peter's Dunboyne with seven and Navina with four. They're all second teams. Of course, Navin O'Matneys and Dundry second teams. Uh, finish bottom there with zero points. Davy, we're going to move on now. And uh, uh, we had our Blackwater in team of the week for week five um, uh, announced there last week after the quarterfinals of the championships and, of course, the relegation games. And the Blackwater in Kells team of the week for week five, sponsored by George and Patricia Plunkett, um, was as follows. In goals, it was Andrew Beaky from St. Colin Kills. They were defeated by Dunboyne, but he had a great game in goals and scored three points on the day um, and pulled off some fabulous saves. The full back line was uh, Tomas Plunkett from Karen Ross, Luke Moran from Trim, and Connor Farley from Waterstown. The half back line was Gavin McCoy. He scored a goal for Dunboyne against St. Colin Kills. Gavin McGowan. Uh, from Rathcote, he scored two points in that first half against Summerhill. And Thomas McGovern from Dunamore Ashburn, they complete our half back line. Midfield, this was a brilliant one. Keen McBride, who scored one three from play for St. Dalton's against Boards Mill. And he's joined by his own midfield partner in St. Dalton's, Dara Riley, who scored two goals in a point from play um, in, for St. Dalton's against Boards Mill. What a midfield pairing they have been since they got together. Um, at the start of the championship. Um, Nigel Hand scored 1-8 for St. Vincent's against Minaldi, three of those being frees, 1-5 from play. He was corner forward, but we put him in at half forward, um, wearing number 10. Centre half forward was Rory O'Dowd from Waterstown. He kicked 1-4 from play against Blackhall Gales, and then uh, completing the half forward line, another corner forward. Well, he, he plays anywhere around the forward line, but it was Keith Curtis from Rathkenny. He kicked nine points against Dulik Bellyson there. Huge win over them in the quarterfinal. And the full forward line, are you listening, Tom O'Connor? You've got another player in the um, uh, team of the week. Michael Deegan, Mick Deegan there. Nine points for Dunmore Ashburn against Gail Colin Kill in their um, brilliant victory over uh, the Kells outfit uh, in the quarterfinal. Full forward, Aaron Lynch. Surprised he made it in. Really surprised he made it in. He only kicked 3-8, um, Davey. 
Only 3-8 for Trim against Dungaree in that local derby. And then Pierre Fox from Gunsani. I feel so sorry for this man. He goes out and kicks 110 on Friday night and didn't even get top scorer of the week. Five of them being freeze. Aaron Lynch goes out uh, then on Sunday and kicks 3-8 or Saturday afternoon, was it? Um, and Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So uh, Pierre Fox was thinking all weekend, yeah, I've got this in the bag. 110, nobody's going to beat that. Aaron Lynch had a few points before half time and didn't look like he was going to uh, um, go on and outscore Pierre Fox, but he did so and um, kicking that 3 8. But what a full forward line, absolutely brilliant. Michael Deegan from Dunham Ashburn, nine points. Aaron Lynch with 3 8, and Pierre Fox with 110 for their victory over to the right. The top scorer of the week was Aaron Lynch, as I said, with three goals and eight points. And I caught up with Aaron Lynch in the Blackwater Inn in Kells, and we'll go to his interview. Just now. We're here in the Blackwater Inn in Kells and we've got the top scorer of the week, Aaron Lynch. Uh, 3-8 on the weekend. His hair is looking magnificent, I have to say. Uh, Aaron, Davey gives you a bit of slagging on the podcast about how you like to keep a, keep your looks going well and the hair looking well and you have the socks pulled up and the whole lot. Of, is that something that you plan before you go out to a game? Nah, it's just been like that. I suppose it's a bit of soccer there as well playing soccer up to under 17 so literally just like that but it's all about what you do in the pitch isn't it in the end so if you're still doing well in the pitch and then I suppose you can do whatever you like off it and what you wear doesn't really matter so, yeah, yeah. you have to back it up that's the thing exactly. yeah exactly and, and week on week you've been doing it and you know you were in the team of the week the first week you've been an honourable mention three weeks in a row and then eventually you're after getting that top score accolade and that's something that you've been vying for for a while yeah no definitely after the first week I think I lost by a point I missed a couple of frees but uh, this time and finally after whatever year or two I've got it but yeah you know what I mean it was all I suppose Curtis said it was a couple of tappings but you have to be in the right place to score them so that's what it's about isn't it yeah you have to be there exactly like CR7 you have to be in there <laughs> exactly. in the box to score them exactly yeah exactly he's the goal so if I can do the same I don't really mind yeah, it's good yeah you're the goal around Trim at the moment CR and uh, look bringing it back to Trim um Fantastic year so far. He's picked up your first trophy in 18 years at adult level as well. Um, you know, and how big was winning that corner bone year for you? Uh, I think it was massive because that was our first trophy in like 18 years. So it was just good. I think the football's coming stronger and stronger. There's more lads coming through. Kieran Caulfield just plays football, doesn't really play her. And, like, and then a lot of lads are just mostly choosing the football now. So there's a big uh, open football in the club. And uh, it's just proven now. And hopefully this year, if we go into the final, we can just third time lucky, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, you have the scars, I suppose, of those uh, last two finals. Um, they're, I suppose, they're, you don't want to open them wounds again. But one of the things that we've noticed this year, the team has matured an awful lot. And, you know, you, you, you seem to have, I don't know, you have a different way about you. And even in that tight game in the Cornabonia final, you've found a way to win that as well in a really tight game. So that's going to stand to you going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think every year we kind of lost like one game in the group stage or something and that was like just say Bective 12 points up lost then like say Michaels the year after we were a couple of points up lost as well so I think this year now we've kind of grinded out results which is a bit better and obviously with Kevin there as well like tacticalness and everything like that he's improved it a lot so I think this year it's been a lot more improved and yeah hopefully just keeps ending on yeah, Kevin has brought another dimension to it, so he has Kevin Riley. Um, and I suppose the experience that Kevin Riley has of winning senior championships and playing with Mead and, you know, being a stalwart of Mead football down through the years, you boys are buying into it. Definitely, like even in the weeks off when it's just hurling, he has 15, 20 lads up training and like he doesn't let any passengers in the team, you know what I mean? It's proper hard training every week, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday as well. So obviously with all the tactical stuff, he, he manages that and lets know like all that. You can't really get away with it now this year because the GPS being brought in. So if you're not putting in the run and stats and all that, you'll be found out, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's been proper good and Kevin's definitely brought it up a level. 
Yeah, um, bringing it back to the game on the weekend, nice to get one over the neighbours, Dundry. You know the lads quite well. Some of the lads are related to lads and the whole lot and you just go drinking together, but you have the bragging rights down there at the moment. Yeah, I didn't see any of them out on Sunday night after the game, but uh, yeah. You weren't out, were you? I was out in Max, yeah, but I didn't see any of them. I think they hid for the night, but uh, yeah, no, it was definitely. And like, a couple of them boys I know as well done there, lads, so top lads as well, but I just think in a day after the kind of red card and that, like, then the 14 men, it was difficult for them, and we were too, but I just thought, kind of thought it opened up for us, and I thought, to be fair, we took it well, like, we caught, like, I think it was 110 the second quarter and all that, so, yeah, it was good, but Dundee, a great team as well, and it's just, yeah, we got one over them for the first time, I think it's like six years, you bet to win championships, so they had the bragging rights, but we do now, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it there, the sending-offs, and they were probably key, because, you know, you're a free-flowing football inside, Dundee probably be more attritional and traditional, and, you know, sitting back and whatever, but it, it meant there was a little bit space more space for you and probably opened up a little bit more for you in the second half so that you were able to get that 3-8 yeah I was actually surprised now I thought they'd be a lot more defensive but that's what they played man-to-man the whole game and then when it opened up even more after they got the red card that's when we just exploited like even the first half I thought we'd done really well like Mikey was excellent Dougie was very good and uh, yeah I just think it just opened up for us and we took the chances like 4 I don't know what we scored 4 19 or something yeah. like that's massive scoring you know what I mean like that would win any game and yeah it was just a great win Yeah, bring it back there you mentioned Mikey you kind of skipped over it fairly quick Mikey Cullen said he was going to come over with you today to receive this because he reckons that although you scored 3-8 he put a lot of it on the platter for you and Curtis is agreeing with yeah, it as well uh, nah he did to be fair I think I set up a good few of his as well so he should thank me back but uh, yeah Mikey's a great lad as well and he came in against Pats in the second half and like he scored three points in playing that game as well off the bench so he definitely earned his position and then in the 50 whatever minutes he played there 1-5 he can't complain at Mikey so hopefully he keeps sending on for the rest of the year and I might buy him a point after this I don't know we'll see <laughs> Finally look um, Kevin Riley said it to me a few weeks ago I was doing an interview with him and he says can't understand how you're not in the county panel you're one of the best forwards in, in Mead and you've been doing it for years um, is it something that you would like aspire to would, is, would you like to be in there on the county panel well definitely like if you're a footballer you only take your game to the next level you know what I mean like so if I got the chance obviously I'd definitely go in and try my hardest like you know what I mean there's a lot of good players in the county and you see with like the minors 20s done well as well like there's so many good players coming through so obviously it's just who you select you know what I mean and everyone can do a job you know what I mean but if I got the chance definitely I'd love to you know what I mean yeah, and if you and Curtis were in there who do you think is getting that corner forward position me and Curtis played a pass together and all that so me and Curtis are definitely good duo together so if we're in there yeah we should have won a Lens Championship pass as well but we lost but yeah definitely it'd be great yeah so look well done an absolutely brilliant performance again 3-8 I think you've averaged something like 11 points a game so far this year in the championship I actually don't know I had I scored 0-0 against Appoite so I did in the third game so that definitely brought it down so it did so <laughs> after that I said to myself I have to up again but yeah the other day it was just a great day and uh, hopefully many more now Davey um, I suppose the, the, the first comment I want to make was his hair was looking slick and his tan was looking very tanny <laughs> yeah, uh, just classic. Uh, Lynch, you wouldn't miss a photo opportunity, Mickey. Uh, he's, he's as bad as that George Bungard fella. Do you know that? Um, <laughs> no, no, looking very slim. Great character. Great uh, character. He, he is, Mickey. He is. He's very level-headed and he's a great fella. You know, he really is. Um, playing some stunning football as well at the moment. And, you know, he's he's very much looking forward to the next day and not really looking past it. As is sort of the, the general consensus really coming from the trim lads, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you're, you're saying he's, he's loving his football. You heard it there towards the end. I did say to him, you know, if he got a call up into the Mead team, would he be interested? And, you know, like that is a goal of his. You know, he really does want to play for Mead. 
He's enjoying his football so much. He did remind me, though, that there was one game this year against Clonmel Gale that he didn't score. Um, and he was really, really disappointed. He got a point, no? No, he got nothing. He got nothing. He said he got not, not. We go yeah, with him. But then, but then, seemingly last week, he thought he got 3 9 or 3 10. So I wouldn't go with his word, Mickey, just entirely. <laughs> um, true. But, like, you know, a player on the top of his game and, you know, doing it week in, week out, by that one week against London Gale, obviously. But, you know, he has to be one to look. Ah, he, do, he does. I think, look, um, the vast majority of people out there think that. Um, I'm not I'm not quite sure why he hasn't already. I just hope that this year, and, and to me, he's even improved. I know that's that's remarkable, but, but I did say it from an early stage. He's got better on his weaker foot and stuff, and that's given him an option to kick scores from as well because he is better sort of calibre of player marking him now as well. So people are kind of looking at him and maybe trying to find a weakness. And um, he's trying to eradicate any weaknesses in his game, which is which is fantastic. Um, no, look, at I think he's a county player. I think it's only a matter of time, to be honest with you. He's still young. He's still only in his early 20s. So no real panic as such, but I, I hope to see him in there sooner rather than later. Yeah, and uh, the Blackwater in Kells player of the week for week five was Keith Curtis from Rathkenny. He scored nine points against a very fancy Delete Bellustown team. And I caught up with him in the Blackwater in Kells. And this one was probably a little bit more polished than the Aaron Lynch interview, but just as entertaining. Joined now by the Player of the Week, Keith Curtis from Ratkenny. Um, Keith, talking to you off air before uh, we did the presentation and stuff, and you know we, we were talking about this Ratkenny side. I've spoken about it uh, at length on the podcast. There's a serious spine to this Ratkenny side, and 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 use me in business this year. Um, yeah, as you says, there is a it's a very good spine there, right from Thomas McGinnis, their fullback. The whole way up, but um, not only the spine. I think we've we've good players all over the park. Um, lads have been playing well. We all trust each other with the ball, and um, things have been going well so far. Just have to just have to keep going for the next game. Yeah, you were coming up against many people's fa- second favourites for the intermediate and delete Bellystown, and you really put them to the sword. And from what I gather, a lot of the work was done around the middle third of the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, I felt we uh, really got the game plan sorted out well. Um, we really dominated around the middle of the third field. Um, we really pushed up, putting the pressure on them, kicking the ball into the forwards. Because we knew they were going to be kicking the ball along in forwards and try to get the runners off them. So all we could do was put the pressure in uh, on the ball going into them. And thankfully, um, our defenders got a hand in. But yeah, as you says, around the middle of the third, it was great. Uh, we really dominated the kickouts and Mido and Kyogen there really were on top. Yeah, um, much more calculated in this interview than we'll say, Aaron. Um, <laughs> have you had a bit of media training, Keith? No, no, no. <laughs> Is that something that you are doing over at Rakeni at the minute? No comment. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, Keith, uh, what did you have on the on the day? One seven, was it? Uh, nine points. Nine points, nine points. And um, Kayla Callaghan uh, as well, he showed up well with 1-5 on the day. So, you know, you, you put up a nice score between the two years, but, you, you know, you can't do that unless the other lads in the field are working hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the end of the day, it's our, it's our name with the scores, but all the work's been done out the field by the lads around the middle field and the backs pressing hard and their forwards uh, getting the ball up the field. And it's great when... When you're coming up, when you're coming off the shoulder, the likes of Kaelic or Kyogen, the ball's just been ha- uh, handed off to you, and that's your job at the end of the day to kick the ball over the bar. And 
thankfully, thankfully at the weekend all went well in that sense. Yeah, um, you know, you, you've you've been part of the mead panel this year. You've been training hard, and you know, what is that like coming back in from a county setup back into, we'll say, the club scene, and 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 how much did it bring you on this year? Yeah, I felt uh, definitely like sort of all aspects of my game has been improved. Um, felt coming back to the club, although I haven't played a lot of football this year. Um, fitness was there, but sort of I still wasn't match sharp. Uh, mm-hmm. Knew that the first day against Dunderry, but feel every game I've been playing and be getting more sharper, more um, more quicker to the ball, and also uh, more sharpness and shooting has been increasing as well. So um, I'm happy where my game is going, and hopefully long may it continue. How much would you love a shot at, we'll say, you were to win your semi-final um, next week and Aaron Lynch was to win uh, the semi-final with Trim? How much would you love to go out in a shootout against Aaron Lynch in, a, in an intermediate final? Well, I don't know about that. Um, we'll just worry about ourselves and hopefully we get across the line. That's the main thing. Ah, very diplomatic, very diplomatic. I'm going to bring in the sponsor now, George Plunkett from the Blackwater Red and Kells. George... An absolute pleasure to have two of the rising stars in Mead football here in the pub today. Absolutely, and um, no disrespect to anyone that's been here before, but there's a massive energy to the two boys. Like, you know, it's great to see young lads and they're bouncing off other there, and um, obviously they're bringing that onto the pitch as well with the performances. So, yeah, fair play to them. That's great achievement. Like, the sort of, sort of scores they're scoring and the yeah. way they're, and they're performing. Even Aaron there, like, it's... He had to get that score to get it. He's been, as he said himself, he's been gunning for it and he's been close to it. So if you keep knocking on the door, it'll open sometime. Three seventeen between the two of them, nine points and three eight. Um, and like they're they're not the most experienced, as in they're not the oldest fellas in the field or anything like that. They're young guns, and there's there's a there's an air of youthness and there's an air of you know no fear about these two lads. Yeah, that appears to be the way that just just probably playing off the cuff and not thinking about it and that's, that can have an advantage as well and sure obviously there's more experienced lads in both teams so the successful teams usually have a good mixture of youth and experience as you'd know yourself Mickey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as he digs me in the side <laughs> yeah uh, look the, the, neither of these teams will win anything without any experience the young ones will do the job in the in the first half but somebody will have to see out the game in the second half but um, again just bringing it back to our two performances in the two games uh, did you see Rat Kenny beating Delique Bellyasen by so much? I didn't actually, to be honest, but you know, to be fair, I am, I haven't seen either at Kenny or the League Bellius in playing, but obviously you'd be talking to the lads, and an awful lot of people were really, really talking up to Nick Bellius. I was talking to a guy from Kilmainham, and now he doesn't play, he's long since finished playing, but we were actually talking about the League and he had seen both the League Belliuson and Trim, and he thought Trim were miles ahead of the League Belliuson. But, um, People were saying that the league Bellius and were how good they were, but obviously Rakenny didn't buy into that. And uh, it's been said after, I suppose, it's been said since, and of hindsight is always wonderful. But <laughs> people are saying now just what Keith there himself said that the uh, league Bellius and probably weren't really they weren't tested enough. So and that probably proved the, that probably proved the difference. You know, they, they came in maybe maybe not knowing where they were, or maybe maybe feeling they were better than they were. So. Yeah, fair. Kenny, I wouldn't have been like, I would. I wasn't going to. I, I, if I had to predict it, I would have said a close game, only based on what I was reading and what I was listening to. I haven't seen either, to be fair. But I, I wouldn't have thought that it would be that big of 
difference. A difference in it. The same yeah. as another game, Waters and Black Hall, we would have thought that would be close as well, but games aren't played on paper, they're played on the day. Yeah. So Kenny March on and fair play to them. I, I had seen Delique Bellius turn and you know they played in fits and spurts, but um definitely had a load of quality. And then in a the local derby, Trim and Dundery, um, you know, and that game is always a, a war. But Trim put them to the sword and, 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 and were full value for it. Absolutely. Again, I didn't see it, but um, I was listening to it, um, listening to the commentary. And um, yeah, they were, oh my God, after the first 10 minutes, they just really took over. And what I noticed as well was, I know it's, maybe it's easier when you're winning by so much, but everybody that came in off the bench for Trim seemed to make an impact as well. The mm-hmm. guys coming in and scoring, and even Mikey there, like he, when he didn't start the last game, he came in and took his chance. So a Trim are a serious outfit now, in all fairness. Um, don't want to put pressure on them, but uh, basically they're they, they look like a senior team yeah. in, in waiting, but still have to go and do it, and they know that, and time will tell. Yeah, they definitely do. The subs that they used all came in and made an impact, and they're going to go back to Keith Curtis. Keith Curtis, or Kenny didn't use any subs on the weekend. So, <laughs> is that was was that a ploy or was that a plan, or is it the fact I know you are going really well with the Premier Reserve team as well? You're in the final of that too. Uh, we had one sub that was used, Niall, oh, really? Niall Brannigan, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the Premier Reserve team is in the final, so obviously I don't think it was the game uh, to be taking lads from that. We don't know when the final will be, but I presume it will be a couple of weeks' time, but we said it wasn't time and place. Um, as he says, we were, we were up by a couple. We didn't need to. Davey, that was Keith Curtis, and, and uh, you know, there was a great, I suppose, uh, camaraderie there between the two lads they played football together in sympaths and mm. you know they know each other quite well you know they're you can see how friendly they are with each other and they're two different i suppose um characters in that our lynch is like he's just full of beans and the whole lot keith is as well but he's a little bit more refined or something like you know he was careful about what he was saying and you know i even said it to him god you sound like you've had uh, media training um are you getting media training out there it's in Kenny, and he said no comment. You know, and, and again, great value forward, like really good fun. Um, and off air, we had the best of fun. But Keith was being very careful. He was watching his P's and Q's and, you know, and he was telling me loads, but telling me nothing at the same time. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, well, Mickey, they're in a collision course, really, for the final, you know. So Keith is probably playing the long game here. Um, and uh, yeah, interested. But look, they haven't actually got the media man like we're told to have. I was actually up in... Uh, up and retort on Sunday morning, would you believe, Mickey, for an under-15 game with our lads. And uh, who did I meet? Only the media man himself, Mr. Shane Kelly from Dun- Chocolate. Uh, we had a great laugh. And, uh, of course, I, I was looking to do out a team sheet for our game and, of course, didn't have a feckin' pen on me. So I says, Shane, you're a media man. You come over and give me a pen. <laughs> and he did, Julie. I know he had a great laugh. And look at, as we said already, it was a bit of a misunderstanding last week. He, he probably is giving the lads a, a few hints and kind of tips as, as they go and stuff, but um, valued sort of addition to the Rotot side. But sorry, that's getting sidetracked now. That's uh, just a bit of a, a side piece um, on Rotot, who will come to no doubt in a couple of minutes. But Keith is playing great football himself, yeah. And it's probably benefiting maybe from a year in with Mead. Maybe yeah. and listening to kind of the professionalism from, you know, the management and players alike, possibly in dealing with the media and sort of tricky questions. He obviously hasn't been thrust into the limelight just yet, but um, it's all part and parcel of it and the learning experience <laughs> of it too. So, uh, yeah, gas. Yeah, I asked Aaron, you know, um, if you come in on the meet team, who's getting the corner forward position? Is it him or Keith Curtis? And 
he avoided the question. He was like, oh, we played football together in the whole lot. Like, and, uh, he, I must catch him up on that again. He never actually gave me an answer to that question in the end. But uh, yeah, two great guys and, and two absolute ballers who are very, very young and two bright, bright talents uh, uh, for the future in Mead football. Yeah, and they obviously came through the Colin O'Rourke School of, uh, of Football Academy, as you said, already in St. Pat's, you know, two very decorated players in their own respect, and both of which kind of come from football and families too. Obviously, Keith coming from the Curtises and, and Lynch's family as well will be kind of um, well-touted and well-esteemed in the trim area too. So um, both of them have established as, as top marksmen for the respective clubs, you know, and they're going to be integral in their semi-finals next weekend, obviously, you know, that goes without saying. Um, Keith will be well prepared by the likes of Dudley on what's coming down the track when they meet Oldcastle. He could potentially have a duel maybe with Key McBartland. And uh, looking at Lynchy, yes, he, he could be tasked with uh, with being picked up by Conor Farley, um, also a member of last week's uh, Blackwater in Team of the Week. So that there could be a couple of fascinating duels in those semi-finals on Bank Holiday Monday, which are also important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I just want to bring us back to the team of the week again. Well done to Aaron Lynch, top scorer of the week with 3-8. Well done to Keith Curtis, who was a fabulous, fabulous uh, um, performance by him against Elite Bellusin. But um, we deliberated over this team of the week long and hard, Davy, and it was so difficult to, to, to pick it. I think we did, we got it right, though. But I want to just bring you back to the midfield pairing of Keane McBride and Darrell Riley from St. Dalton's. Um, the noisy neighbours there over in Bohemian and you were at this game Davey but like you cannot take away from the performance of these two lads and they had to be our midfield pair and Keane McBride with 1-3 from play Darrell Riley going out and doing it again for the second week in a row scores 2-1 from midfield scores two goals from midfield again both from play and um, yeah really really interesting uh, uh, state of affairs in the middle of the field yeah, there was no other way around it, absolutely. I think that the couple of boys complement each other so well. They're probably not going to get the same um, spread of, of scores between them ever in their career. I was going to say against St. Vincent's. They definitely won't get it against St. Vincent's, <laughs> but they're never probably going to equate that sort of tally again. But their contributions, to be fair, normally merits selection or definitely uh, mentioned. Keane very rarely would kind of come up with a, a scoreline like that. Dara's been sort of doing that week in, week out now for the last number of weeks. But um, yeah, they, they're, they're going to present a, a very different and difficult task for the Vincent Zardcat men. No, make no mistake about it. And I know we'll talk about that game in a few minutes' time. But as we said last week, it's undoubtedly the best midfield partnership in the county at the moment. And I would include the likes of your retorts and Dunbines and whoever else in that conversation. They are top of their game and they are top of the tree in terms of a number eight and nine. Yeah, absolutely. And well done to the two lads from St. Dalton's. And well done to everybody who made it into the Blackwater in Kells team of the week for week five. We were so looking forward to week six and um, I'm trying to pick a team from that. I feel, Davey, that it'll be just as hard after the semi-finals when you look at the, the, the pairings um, the, uh, for all grades from junior to senior. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. And of course, we do have a few relegation matches as well. But again, we want to thank our sponsors, George and Patricia Plunkett from the Blackwater and in Kells. Without them, we would not be able to reward the club players the way we have been doing this year. And we did it last year as well, different sponsor. But again, without the sponsor, we can't do it. And uh, as we say every week, if you're in Kells, if you're going to a match, if you're going to a wedding, if you're going for a meal, if you're just going for a drive, pop in to the Blackwater Inn, um, have a pint, have a chat with George. He's just mead football mad 
Um, and uh, Patricia is the boss, so you know she'll tell you if you've overstayed your welcome. You, you said that, not me. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, you'll be, you'll be reminded of that now. <laughs> yeah, well, look, we all know who the boss is in the Blackwater and Kells. So, uh, again, as we said, if you are at a loose end or if you're in Kells, pop in and uh, tell them that you listen to the podcast. Uh, they'll be delighted to hear that. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, moving on now, and uh, we are going to go to the fixtures for the next weekend in those junior, intermediate and senior championships. So we'll start off with the Ballerie Spar and Guesthouse Junior Championship, and we've got two semi-finals. The first one is on Friday night in Ashburn, and it's St. Alton's against St. Vincent's. The second one is on Saturday. It's in your very own core town. It's at 7.30 under the lights, and it's Dunsany and Carner Ross. And, Davey, you know, St. Alton's back in the semi-final, um, two years running, but are in a much better position than they were in last year's semi-final, they've got more strength and depth. St. Vincent's, you know, always there, thereabouts, and, you know, for the last number of years, an unbeaten run they're on as well this year. I think they've won every game. I don't think they've drawn any either. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's a really interesting one that's coming up. A St. Dalton's team who are reinvigorated and hitting um, a bit of form against the St. Vincent's team who are still on form, basically. Very much so. I, I think it's a dangerous game for the Vincent's. I really do, because Alton's, despite us, doing our best to talk them up. I think they're still going to come into this game sort of under the radar to many respects as well, because I think when you look at them last year, as you said already, Mickey, they were a completely different sort of outfit to the one in which they are this year. So that would definitely give them, you know, a stronger chance in the semi-final. I don't think despite how good Vincent's are and despite their unbeaten run, I don't think they're as good as Beliver were last year either. To be honest, I, I don't think... If they do go on to win the championship, they'll do it as straightforward as, say, Beliver did last year, if that makes sense. So that would, again, kind of strengthen Alton's hand. Um, but as you said, they're defending this long unbeaten run. Um, they've been kind of ruthless in, in many, is the, many of the games they play. They don't blow you away. You know, a, a five or six point win for St. Vincent's is a pretty facile win in many respects normally. Um, but St. Alton's on the contrary, have been blowing teams away. You know, they've been putting up big score lines and week to week and, you know, those midfielders that we've talked about and the forward line too, it, it definitely will, will should be a tasty encounter under the lights in Ashburn next Friday night. Standalone fixture as well, so um, should be a decent crowd there to watch that. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that one and again, we will be doing full previews of all these games um, on our Patreon forward slash We Are Mead podcast and uh, if you haven't signed up, get on over there and um, we will be doing our predictions as well on that podcast. Davy, the second of them is in your very own core town. It's on Saturday and it is at 7.30. Dunsany against Karen Ross. Karen Ross, who knocked out Castletown in the quarterfinals. And Dunsany, again, 
Ever the Bridesmaid, Never the Bride in this uh, junior championship. Lost at semi-final stage last year against a very sticky and plucky St. Vincent side in a one-point victory, a very low-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be that this time. I think this will be a bit more free-flowing and it's going to be whoever has the better of the... Um, not the better of the forwards, but the better of the day or the evening with their forward line. Because I did say this could be a little bit more open than last year's semi-final. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and the nature of the teams that are playing and the sort of quality of the forwards that should be on show um, will, will absolutely be uh, probably conducive to really good football. And indeed the surface and, and the venue in which it's going to be played on as well, Mickey Court. Yeah, it'll be very <laughs> sticky and pluggy and the whole lot. <laughs> no, we have... We have, the lights on, we have the lights on it. We have uh, the grass growing. It's in tip-top shape. It hasn't got much football, to be honest, for the last six weeks either. So <laughs> <laughs> um, there was We were campaigning for this one from an early stage. But look, I'm very happy to have this. You know, we'll be pulling out all the stops. We'll have, we'll have a programme. We're going to have a tea and coffee stand. And there'll be lottos on show as well. So um, get to Carton early and, and, and to avoid disappointment, I would say, in case it's a full house on Saturday evening. Again, a standalone fixture. There's no other games at that time on Saturday. Um, should be a real kind of good Nord Mead crowd at this game, supporting our neighbours in Cairn Ross. be interesting to see, is there a good contingent down from the Dunsany area as well? But we're very much looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm sure you are. And uh, if anybody needs directions to Courtown, just uh, text Davy Rispin or get in contact with the podcast and he'll drop a pin for you. We'll, we'll get Ron Lawler to do a bus, Mickey. Yeah. We'll get Ron Lawler to do a bus, is right. Davy in the Mead Farm Group Intermediate Championship semi finals and relegation games. We'll go to the relegation games first. On Friday at 8 pm, it's Kilmainham against Sidon. And then on Saturday at 4 pm in Waterstone, it's St. Pat's against Moyla. And that game is in, oh, sorry, the Kilmainham Sidon game is in Minolte. And then on Monday, both of the semi-finals take place on Monday, 1pm in Park Tolchin, it is Trim versus Waterstown. And then at 3pm on Monday, it's Old Castle against Orkenny. And these are two mouth-watering ties. Trim against Waterstown, um, I suppose two teams that, you know, haven't won an adult trophy in 18 years go out and do so this year and are riding the crest of a wave like Waterstone. Trim have been there, we know that, um, and they've been knocking on the door the last few years. And then you've got Oldcastle and Rakeddy, that lovely North Mead derby. I know there's quite a distance between the two of them, but they're two North Mead teams, and they'll play it in the North Mead style. <laughs> they will. I suppose four teams, Mickey, that have all played senior football as recently as, what, 10 or 12 years ago, which yeah. is uh, really, really interesting, you know. Um, Trim being... Interestingly enough, the team that have been knocking on the door most in the last number of years, or I've got the closest to regaining their status, have been the team furthest away from uh, senior football. I think they're 2010, 2011, possibly they were relegated. The others are a little bit more recently. Obviously, Waterstown as well, coming down a couple of years after Trim, they'll be hungry. Waterstown have completely rebuilt, whereas I suppose Trim have, have come again, so to speak. You know, Waterstown have done it with sort of a cohort of players who would have played a lot at Stina, whereas the trim side nowadays, um, I can't think of any player in the trim ranks that maybe would have featured at Stina. I could be wrong, but I, I really don't think so. So it's a completely kind of fresh sheet for, for Kevin Riley's men. Um, and, and they're a common side, there's no doubt about it. But Martin O'Connell's done a splendid job at Waterstown as well. You know, you look at their Cornabonia success, the sort of platform that that's given them to, to go on. Um, and then in the other game, as you said, the, the North Mead derby, and that will be a, just a pure North Mead dust-up, I would expect. Um, you have quality individuals on show, but it could well come down to, I suppose, the, 
the grit and determination and who probably has more bottle really to get over the line on the big day. I think if you look at the Waterstown trim game, yes, it'll be it'll be who has the most amount of quality will come true. But the other game is actually going to be probably more of a dogfight or a battle. So it'll just show who is probably the more battle-hardened side to go into the final and play one of the sides who come through the other glamour tie. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're looking forward to all of those games in the intermediate. And um, I suppose um, Kilmainham and Sydney and Minaldi on Saturday. And uh, sorry, Kilmainham and Sydney on Friday in Minaldi under the lights, that re- refix game. Uh, due to, I think it was about a COVID incident, and then in Waterstown on Saturday, it's St. Pat's against Milan. I suppose that of all the teams out of this, I feel sorry for the most is St. Pat's because they played a relegation game and won it, and still have to play another one to win and win it to stay out. So they had to win two games to stay uh, to keep their uh, intermediate status. They do, yeah, but they knew that from an early stage that that was the case. I think Milan probably. It's, it's hard to know. It's going to be, what, six or eight weeks since Moyla played a game last, Mickey? Mm. You know, so there's, there's that element to it too, whereas Pats have played in the Cornabonia final. They obviously got a big win against Ballinlock the last day. So possibly maybe they're at an advantage because they have actually a bit of confidence and they're on a bit of positive momentum going into this game. Um, but as you said, straight shoot out. I wouldn't expect too much pretty football. It'll be survival of the fittest in, in Waterstown in that one. And yeah, in the other one, another Northmead derby um, with just a straight shootout effectively. Um, we we kind of previewed these games already, didn't we, for the yeah. for the previous week, obviously, but wasn't played. Um, we talked about sort of the Mickey Newman versus Darrow element of this game. And I, I do think that's what overall it probably will come down to, which side can get the greater um, influence from their star man, be it Rowe or, or Newman. Um, that will probably be the difference in what should be a really close and tense um, not me battle over a minority. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to move on now to the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship and the relegation games. Um, on Friday night in screen, it's O'Mahony's against Caraha, and on Saturday at 2.30 in trim, it's Dunchockland against Ballinabracky. Two really tasty, tough games there for, for, for all four teams. And then on Saturday at 4.30, 4.30 in Park Tolchin. It's Dunmore Ashburn against St. Peter's and Boyne in the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship semi-final. And it will be on Sunday, Rathout against Wolf Tones. So, you know, I suppose Dunmore Ashburn, we, we, we've spoken about them over the last number of years. But that victory against Kells in the quarter-final has to give them a massive boost because... Gail Colm kill Kells love a game against St. Peter's and Boyne. Over the last couple of years, I've probably you know, shaded it uh, against Dunboyne. I'd say over the last four years, they've probably got more wins against Dunboyne than Dunboyne have against them. So, And for Dunmore Ashburn to put Gael Gollum killed to the sword, I'm sure that will give them a nice boost of confidence going into the semi-final. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be a really um, appetising semi-final, I suppose, a derby as well, you have to remember. Um, but yeah, Dunmore Ashburn have probably really sort of rose to prominence in a short space of time, I suppose. We we sort of knew that they have that one sort of performance in it. You don't know when it's going to come, but thankfully for them, it came in the last round of the group. They got a big win against Dunshockland, which really stood to them. Then going into that quarterfinal, as you said, Mickey, against Gail Column-Kill, and uh, make no mistake about it, they fully merited that four-point win. In fact, they probably could have won by more on the day. Um, we've sort of highlighted Michael Deegan and you know Andy Tormey, who contributed 110 between them as as key protagonists in that full forward line. 
um, and the strong you know midfield of the likes of uh, Shane Mealy and uh, Brian Menton as well. Peters the Boyne came through probably a little bit more comprehensively than many people expected against St. Column Kills at, at a cost though with Ronan Jones suffering that ankle injury which um, could potentially rule him out not just of the semi-final but possibly for the remainder of the year which would be a hammer blow to Conor O'Donoghue's men so that would certainly be a massive um, positive and, and plus for McDeague inside going into this game and uh, you know I'd expect this to be tight and uh, tense as well possibly it'll be interesting to see what way Dunham or Ashburn set up to maybe try and limit St Peter's Dunboyne and um, probably set up with, with those two fellas inside to, to maybe um, try and do damage and maybe put Connor Carton on Donald Lenehan possibly to nullify him to some degree that would go a long way to I suppose snuffing out the, the deadly St Peter's Dunboyne yeah, absolutely. And then Ratholt against Wolf Tones. A misfire Ratholt, who are unbeaten, um, won all of their games in the group stage, won all their quarter final as well. But a Wolf Tones team that are again riding on the crest of the wave, banging in goals for fun, but probably a little bit inconsistent. So this is the potential to be a great game, um, but it also has the potential to, depending on what Wolf, to- what Wolf Tones turns up. Um, be a kind of a, a steady, well-managed game by Rathout. So again, contrasting styles maybe here could make for a really entertaining game or mightn't. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll all be, I suppose, about the way in which Wolf Tone set up. Maybe they'll look at Summerhill as a sort of blueprint for playing against Rathout, but you'll have yeah. to have that little bit more adventure maybe than Summerhill showed. Um Summerhill got themselves into a really, really good position midway through the second half in that game in the quarterfinal, but just didn't really go for the kill. I think if, if uh, Michal McDermott gets his side in that same position, they'll have to sort of smell blood and, and really go for it. Um, I think I'm fairly safe in saying that the likelihood is Conor McGill is going to miss out here, um, and that would be a hammer blow for Brian Farrell's side, you know, particularly because you look at how physical and... Uh, strong Wolf Tones are in the inside with the likes of Keane O'Neill in there uh, along with um, possibly Oshin Martin and whoever else Wolf Tones decide to peg into the full forward line you know and if they go d- direct can Retote sort of cope with them that will be an interesting thing but then on the flip side of that how will Wolf Tones go about coping with the uh, lethal Joey Wallace and co you know and I think Eamon Wallace could potentially be fit for this game as well so that would be another massive addition into what was already pretty strong um, forward line for Retoad. So should be a fascinating game, Mickey. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, that one will really be, uh, you know, it's, it's just a tough one to call. It just all depends on what way the two teams set up and, and who's injured, who's available. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that one. In the relegation, it's O'Mahony's against Curaha on Friday night and Dunshockland against Banabraki. And, you know, again, Davey, Two very hard games to call, um, especially when it's relegation. It's it's doggy dog. Yeah, well, the Balnebracky and Dunshockling game, Mickey, is uh, is a huge game, really, and and we've sort of been eyeing this one up. I, I do feel a bit for Balnebracky. I'm not going to lie, and I'm not by any means writing them off or anything, but I, I just feel for them the fact that they did so well in the group stages. Yet they're up against it a wee bit. Um, with uh, with Curahan having the man, he's it probably represents um, maybe Curahan's best chance to get out of jail. I think it was always going to be really difficult against a, a decent screen side, but potentially in this game, maybe they'll look at Navinomahani's as 
an opportunity possibly to win Avonomanis haven't gone they haven't gone all that well just one win in the championship narrow win over Dunham Ashburn I think the first day and it's been all downhill since that we know that Stephen Bray hasn't been kind of fully fit either so potentially Curahan might fancy this but I think for Navinomani's also this is a game in which Navinomani's have to win to get safe there's no doubt about it this is the one if they lose this one I think they're in big big bother yeah yeah it's uh, all to be played for in those relegation battles and we wish all four teams the very best luck wouldn't like to see any of them going down but someone will definitely be going uh, down to intermediate ranks for the 2022 season. Davey, we're going to move on and we will do the lottos now. Have many of the clubs been in contact with you? Uh, not ooh, a few more, a few more, to be fair. Um, the usual suspects, as you can imagine, Mickey. And um, the first one in comes in from Menalvi and uh, their results from the... Uh, 18th of October, which was... Uh, sorry, 18th of well, the 11th of October, they had no jackpot winner of the 10,000 euro jackpot. The winning numbers were 18, 21, 26, and 28. Three 20 euro winners were George Craig, Mary Manning, and Tara Smith. Extra takes place on Monday the 18th. You can play it at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Uh, reserve increases to 7,400 euro. My own court in GFC, Mickey, no winner of our 6,500 euro jackpot which means we'll have a 6,600 euro jackpot going on to next Friday night winning numbers were 2, 8, 17 and 30 the 20 euro winners were Kevin O'Rourke, Jeanette Collier Siobhan Farnan, Rosemary Dunn and Mary Mackin, Gary Coyne was the winner of the uh, Mead retro jersey you can play that one at cartongfc.com forward slash lotto, Navin O'Mahony's next up there, 9,350 euro jackpot was not won they had a whole host of three number winners who were Jarla Fitzsimons, Margaret McNally, James Brady, Jarla Fitzsimons, Owen Hanratty, Colm Hanratty, uh, Marie Curley, Anne Brooks, and James Brooks. So I suppose when all that money is dished out, they'll probably get about €1.50 each between them. Um, <laughs> the winning numbers, which were popular numbers as it looks, were 7, 17, 21 and 24. It means that next week's jackpot, which will take place on Tuesday the 19th, will be a fairly appetising €9,500. Kilmainham GFC, every Monday night, their jackpot is €7,900. Oldcastle GFC is at 12000 next Wednesday. You can play that one on Club Force. Gail Column Kill, still capped at 12,000, takes place next Thursday night. The winning numbers from last Thursday were 6, 20, 25, and 28. Um, three match three winners who will share 150 euro between them. Etain Finn, Richard Drew, and Anya Maloney. Dunsany, winning numbers were 8, 12, 19, and 24. There was no winner, um, but Noel Smith, Noel Duffy, uh, Junior, Paddy Allen and Pat Meehan share €150 between them. €8,700 next week in Nunsany. Minolte GFC is somehow still at €15,000. Incredible. And the reserve increases to €9,200. It goes up by 200 every week. The online draw closes at 8pm on a Sunday night. As always, thank you for purchasing. We will have our special weekly prize of €50 for online entries only. To play online, click on the Club Force link. Um, on the Manalvi page so um, that's all on my list Mickey Okay um, Davey I have my usual two in um, Jelly got in contact with me he said uh, the lotto was not won on Friday night last it was 6,900 and it was only one match three winner um, the jackpot next week is 6,950 you can play it online 
uh, through Clubs app or you can go to Jelly in the Round O and he'll sell you a ticket, no problem. He's on a commission there, so you know, get in there and feed the world. And um, he said he was sending me it early. This was yesterday morning on Saturday because he may be a little bit hungover today, Sunday. He so, had a few uh, Malibu milks last night, Mickey. Oh, the poor lad. He's probably sour this morning. Um, <laughs> Davey, um, and on the Centreston end of things, the lotto jackpot on Monday the 18th of October um, is going to be €10,000 still. And uh, you can play that through Smart Lotto or you can go to any of the club's social media pages, find the link there, or just go directly to their website and that will bring you to the link. So, um, yeah, again, if you're not in, you can't win any of those lottos. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. David, we'll move on now and uh, to our Instagram interactive. And, uh, you know, probably a quiet week for the Instagram, was it? Yeah, we have a few, though. Um, to be fair, the first one comes in from Sean Brennan, and he said Johnny Foster's three goals in three games for Bohemian Celtic. Fantastic stuff. Um, what level are Bohemian Celtic players? I, I think they're fairly low, to be honest with you. I, I, I kind of offered my hand to play a bit of football with them this year, but that hasn't come about just yet. But uh, Johnny's obviously going, going strong with St. Ultons as well. He plays as a sort of deeper role with the Ultons as a sort of extra defender. So good to see him getting a few goals in the soccer to make up for his lack of goals in the GA. Uh, well, if he was scoring three goals in that lower division I, in three games, I hope he's playing as a central defender or something. Because if you're a striker, you want to be banging in three or four a game in that lower division in the Maiden District League. But look, that's, I suppose, you know, that's that's what I do, David. Oh, that's, that's what you did, Mickey. Um, <laughs> Alan Brown is actually the next in, and I think Alan is playing a bit of uh, soccer as well with Bohemian, and he wants to know when will Davy Rispin make his Bohemian Celtic debut? Well, there we go, Davy. You know, you've been talking about it. You were going to, you said you didn't get the call. There's the call. Yeah, I've been busy though, Mickey. It doesn't really, um, and it's only when you kind of see it, it, it's not conducive to really playing soccer and trying to either play or go to GA games every weekend. I don't think it's possible, to be honest. Yeah, to do all, it's very, very hard. So it is, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, um, and then, you know, you've been an Arsenal supporter. Like, why would you want to go and play soccer? You, you wouldn't, if you've been watching them all your life, you're not going to really. It's hard enough to watch them play 90, or try and play 90 minutes of soccer every week than uh, exactly. going and trying to play for Bohemian Celtic. Exactly, exactly. You said Bohemian Celtic could probably beat Arsenal at the moment. Anna, we've improved it. Um, <laughs> we'd be up to one P standard, I'd say, at this stage. Um, Carl Gibney is next in, and he said, Alan Moore, hardly fond of a selfie with the woman, a good man gone under the thumb. Ooh, um, he's hardly fond of it. Does he mean he is fond of it? Is he getting loads of selfies? Yeah, no, he, his Instagram. He is, he's fond of a selfie with her, yeah. And is it more than you at the moment, Davey? It's far more than me, yeah. Uh, Actually, incidentally, Ryan Hand sent me a message uh, with a picture of Alan Moore, a snapshot of Alan Moore actually last week, drinking up that direction, possibly in the Becks. 
And uh, it looks like he switched his allegiances to St. Vincent's because it was a picture of him saying up the Vincent's. So um, I'm not sure George and the Ballinacree faithful will be all too happy at that. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a bit of a debate at the moment about Bex, who 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 which club it belongs to. Sanchez, sorry, Flash Gordon was on to me at the weekend, and he threw his cap into the yeah. room. And he said it's a Central Temple in the story. Like you know what's going on there? Um, Central Temple is nowhere near St Vincent's, is it? No, but no, but he he claims that the Bex pub is a Central Temple. His, his oh. words were. <laughs> And I'm not going to get him in trouble by saying this. He says you wouldn't see Essentials Town, sorry, you wouldn't see a St. Vincent's Curaha or Delic Bellus Town Man in the Bex pub on the week of a championship game. That's what that's all he said. Well, that that that, that that's saying a lot actually without saying much. So it is. <laughs> I, I was, that maybe I that's why Essentials Town were in the relegation battle. They weren't. <laughs> Well, they're they're over. Their year is over before the other one, so possibly yes, there is something in that. Uh, David Ferris is next in, and he said Black Hole Gales uh, in the attic. Another defeat against Clanagale in the attic. Um, it's it's his uh, saying, and I think this is yeah, but, it's, but it's it means in the horrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, but he's obviously not about on about the attic in the chocolate, so he is because he's he's obviously not on about that because it's closed at the minute. So, um, right, they're in the they're in they're in the doldrums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beaten again, Blackhall Gales in the senior hurling uh, today against Clannagale. He also followed that up by saying Dumboyne were free against Kilmessen athletes. Um, that this is must be the hurlers again, is it? Um, yeah. because you know they've got five wins out of five. I'll tell you one thing, I, I, I'm going to be very interested to see how they, they go in the quarterfinals because they've in Group B of that Ireland Championship, they've just blown everybody away. So it'll be interesting to see what, they, what they're what they like when they come up against a third or fourth team from, from Group A in that senior championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Jack Walsh next in, and he said, uh, Dano uh, Mandrew lighting up Tala Stadium on Friday night. Um, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Did Dundalk have another win on the weekend? I think they did. I think they did, yeah. Rovers are edging closer. I think Rovers won that game on Friday night, so they're getting a bit closer to the title, inevitably. Um, Alan Brown back in again, and he said no Tones players on the team of the week. He's right. Yeah, there was no Tones players on the team of the week. Um, You know, again... We we looked at that, and we, we, we went through all of the... The, um, the the available team reports and whatever, and we weren't able to really nail down a position uh, for a Wolf Tones player. But again, they'll go under the radar. They'll be happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Owen Cosgrove is next in, and he said, we won't be able to interview Sean Brennan for a while now. Oh, no. Why is that? Because they're knocked out of the championship. <laughs> <laughs> We can still interview him, like it's not, it's not a problem. You entertain him, yeah. Uh, Jack Nolan, uh, man, that possibly if Sean was to switch codes, maybe he could get interviewed because Jack says Dunnery for the intermediate hurling. So, are, are the trim lads now um, starting to attack the, the Dunnery team? Uh, no, okay, okay. Who, who sent that in? Jack Nolan, he's a Dunry man. Oh, it was his own. Yeah. It was his own. Oh, right. Okay. Go no, on. no, hang on now. This is Dunry for the intermediate hurling, he said. Yeah, but it, it, did he not put in the one before that about? No, Sean Owen Brown? Cosgrove put the last one in. And Owen Cosgrove is from where? 
Is he a trim man or is he not, not entirely sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, we'll have to find out his allegiance, where his allegiance is, because you know, what used to be trimming Balanabraki, we hope that this is not gone across uh parishes now into Dundry as well. Like because that's the last thing we need is for Trim to be fighting with everybody. Niall Finnerty said Rory O'Sullivan called back into the Curaha team to save them from the drop. Well, they've called a few players back in and uh I believe, Davy, that Dave, Dave that David Toner is staying home for this uh, second relegation match. So interesting, right? It should be very interesting to see. And he'll have another week's training under him, and uh, or a couple of weeks training, and might be a bit sharper in, in that next game. But that all will be revealed next weekend. Robert Perfield just said heavy pitches with two tears coming down the cheeks. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying that. Obviously, we've had more rain in the last couple of weeks than we did. For quite some time and maybe the pitches are getting a little bit soggier and uh yeah a lot of players complaining about uh heavy legs and uh cramps and stuff i was listening to a few of them whinging today actually so i was down in camp <laughs> yeah yeah well for some rob to still be in uh in the championship or training for something i suppose at this stage with the heavy pitches so would rob not would rob not be refereeing a couple of games yeah well uh, he's still <laughs> rob's a professional mickey he'd still be training um the modern day referees i think that's what uh, you ah, they okay. do as much training as the players um ps tapes he said tommy dowd is there anything the man can't do and i'm not sure have you seen this mickey but ps tapes followed that up by sending me a picture of a duck derby and the winners are first place tommy dowd ah. second place lorraine dignan um, so Tommy Dowd has won the Duck Derby. So uh, yeah, congratulations to Tommy. Incredible stuff. Tommy, Tommy can do it all. That's just it. Um, he's he's the goat, and now he's the duck as well. <laughs> Very good. Uh, next one comes in from Tom O'Connor, and he said Sarah O'Connor with a harsh red card followed by some strong words to the ref from Aidan O'Connor. Oh, okay. Um, this was uh, what game was this? I think that could be a ladies junior game, possibly. Um, that was last weekend, was it? I'm not sure was it last weekend. It could have been played this weekend. I'm not I'm not entirely sure now, but Sarah just uh, replied to us separately and uh, she just said that the ref was out to get me from the start. Oh, oh there's nothing worse than when the referee, referee is out. I feel your pain. I've been that soldier. I've been the one intimidated by the referee, so I have a many's occasion. Um, but I always fought back and it always felt like he was he was uh, singling me out for punishment <laughs> Don O'Leary last in and he said Board Mills Eamon Roach for intermediate hurling, hurler of the year and we're not even at the knockout stages well we will be soon but we're not at the knockout stages it's getting hurler of the year you know finish it all don't even bother with the rest of it he's the hurler of the year end of Shane, Mickey that's it from Instagram Interactive well, good to hear from PS Tapes. Good to see that he's back online um, and uh, sending us in some really interesting um, uh, Instagram interactives. Uh, and thank you to everybody else who got in uh, got in there with their uh, tuppence worth as well. Davey, have you on the else for this week's We Are Mean podcast? No, just uh, encourage everybody to get to quarter next Saturday night for that junior semi-final. <laughs> yeah, well, on that note, remember, we are mean quite more.